If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Adam, you're the worst. You're a great guy. I love you, but you yeah. cannot keep a secret for shit. No, yeah. I know. You always gotta let it slip. Right. Know. You know what I mean? I but do. he likes to drag it out. Like, you I know, do. Sometimes. Are you one of those people that I'm just the tip guy? Are you? Yeah, are you? Are you? <laughs> just the tip. Just gave you a little. Are you uh, one of those people that'll buy a present for someone and then you just fucking have to get like it's for Christmas? But, oh, absolutely. And you're like, hey, do you want to open your present I, now? Hundred yeah. percent. There's been many birthdays, holidays where I don't even wrap Katrina's present. I just give it to her. He's like, here, I yeah, just got it. As soon right as it comes in, here you go. Here you go. Check I, it out. You get I really excited. don't want to. I don't want to wrap it. Yeah. Yeah. No, do what I so I'm the same way. This is what I do. I wait to the last minute, and I pretend that's the reason why I wait to the last minute. But it's really because I'm a massive procrastinator. Yes. But then they're like, "Why did you wait to the last minute?" Like, because then I would want to give it to them. But it's because I was lazy. Because then you'd find it. I'm yeah. trying to work on my shopping game. I, you know, with the internet and Amazon now, like you can get everything at your door like the next day. Bro, it makes no sense to go to the store anymore. It doesn't, no, and no. yet I still find myself do it every once in a while. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah, but you know what? Sometimes you're like you want that instant gratification. You want it. Right well, think about it this way. Like, think about it this way. Literally, now that we're doing this podcast, we're building this business, right? Uh, we could literally, and I thought about this. I want to know what you guys think. Hmm. We could rent a room somewhere and just live there and never leave and just record podcasts, order food. It comes to the uh-huh. door. We'll put a, weight, a cage in there. We'll lift weights. Yeah. We don't need to talk to anybody else we anyway. turn into those World of Warcraft <laughs> well, We're guys. kind of like talking to millions of people at one time right here. So anyway, right? Thing. We might as well. Yeah. Yeah. I only like I you guys. So, we're I feel, kind of in a small box. I feel social right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel social. I feel cool. It's You know what? This is the we best. We don't need windows is what you're saying. This is the best relationship because I love I love talking to people, but I don't necessarily like them talking back to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I can, I can say whatever yeah. I want and then I get nothing back. <laughs> your bullshit answer yeah. back yeah it reminds me of the truman show or what's that one where like the guy's living but everybody's watching him yeah. oh my god right what was that what, that was it truman yeah it was, it was truman show. Yeah, you guys want to do that let's do it let's put a camera Just put cameras everywhere put webcams you know, show you know how i would go and see where you go okay Adam uh wipes and you now my, my my parents spanked me and we talked about whoa, it whoa, whoa. you guys got spanked whooped right didn't you get whooped i got beat with the spoon i did yeah yeah, yeah. wouldn't but the other thing my parents they got smarter as they got older because when I was young, when I was younger, I used to take the spoon and get whipped with it, whatever. But as I got older and it became a little social butterfly, they realized that it was way more torturous to ground me to my room for the day. <laughs> and that used, to, bro, I used to You'd be just, like, just beat me. Fuck, oh, please. I would. I would just. I'd rather get a spanking. You know, my my parents would put me inside my room, and I could oh, hear yeah. the kids outside playing. Still, you could hear them in the street playing basketball <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. And well, I'd be there, like, there would come a point where the 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 spanking didn't hurt at all, but you would fake it. Yeah. And you'd be like, ah! He's like, okay, finally. Yeah. <laughs> no, really, that's how I, oh, I was, and it was so funny because my sister is the opposite. My sister's a huge Mind Pump fan, so she's listening to this right now. She would get grounded to her room, and she would go in there and play with her dolls and just, <laughs> all day long. Like, Yay. Just, yeah, you yeah. come check in on her, and she'd be like, oh, no, I'm fine, Mom. I'll come out early. You, I'll come out later. You didn't have anything. Do- just don't spank me. Yeah. You didn't have any dolls? No. Yeah. You had <laughs> no had cabbage Hold on a second, bro. You had no G.I. Joe's? I honest. actually didn't have G.I. Joe's. You didn't have He-Man? Bro, no. I had Star Wars figures. Dude. No, bit. This is, I was a, those are fucking dolls. Is not, they're I not figuring out. I, I dare actually, you. I actually, <laughs> those are action figures. I actually didn't have either one of those. But, but what I did, that I rode my little ponies. I was into. I was into. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Majestically. <laughs> you know what's funny? Don't fuck with me. I love. I love. I love capitalism because capitalism will create the, the marketing in capitalism 
is so brilliant that they created the term <laughs> action figure. Yeah. I, like, bought how it, we, I bought it. Who, can't tell, how are we going to sell dolls tell, to boys? You can't sell Shit. dolls to a boy, right? Yeah. No. It's but you know you can figure. sell them? <laughs> Action. Gar- the garbage action. pail kids. You can sell them garbage pail kids. <laughs> what a funny point you just made right yeah. there. It's funny. They it put is. this is the this is the fucking brilliance. Think yeah, about what this. If, what right if now. Said, get your GI Joe GI Joe yeah. dolls. Yeah. <laughs> no. You can put a little hat on them. Yeah. No. And boys yeah. are like, I don't want yeah. that. And they're like, action figure. Yeah. Like, oh, he, shit. he comes with a gun. <laughs> Holy shit, yeah. I want one of those. <laughs> oh fuck yeah. yeah. They're in a, put them in a tank. They're like in a big boardroom, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna call it? Roll over your sister's Barbie house. Put the word figure. Can I can I just be honest? So I have I had siblings, right? I had uh, two sisters and a brother, and I had He Man. Yeah. And let me tell you the one, <laughs> the one yeah. action, the one shirtless He Man. Yeah, right? let's let's talk about this. Uh, the one figure that my He Man would constantly beat the crap out of was yeah. Ken. Oh, yeah. Ken. You got his ass he got kicked owned. by every. He never won a fight. He didn't Ken have a ever. penis. Yeah, Ken was a bitch. Ken, he he was yeah, he was ombusex. He rode, he rode around in a little that. pink Corvette. Yeah, yeah so he was he was Barbie. he was all taint. He had no balls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just I, you know my my GI Joes are just constantly kicking him. And he's like, I don't feel it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he's like tall. Why do I get the feeling that Justin has definitely had this role play before oh, I can hear you? Please, <laughs> but so like Bar- I'm reliving it now with my with my son. So. Ken was tall, right? And He-Man was short, but like stocky as shit. Yeah. And He-Man, let's let's be honest now. You look at an old He-Man doll, he was on steroids. He's yoked, bro. He was no no. He was overly yoked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. wasn't yoked like dolls now. Traps or, on traps. Yeah. They don't make they don't make muscular figurines like that for boys like that anymore. Like He-Man was Mr. Olympia well, bro, size. Skeletor was yoked too. Super yoked. Damn. Yeah. I never got that, by the yeah, way. I don't either. Skeletor, he's but skeleton, you're, you're but he's, he's <laughs> totally on HGH. Who was your favorite uh, He Man uh, doll? <laughs> Which one was your <laughs> action figure? What was the Spook, uh, the uh, uh, the Ghost, Orko? One? Orko, yeah, exactly. That was your favorite? No, of course not. Who the hell cares about his name? The... <laughs> I like the. I don't know what his name is, but the 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 guy with the cycloptic head. And you t- you twist oh, it. Yeah. He had different eyes, so like one of them was red, and it was like a laser. Another one was, you know, <laughs> you just twist it. You're, you're bringing it all the way back. Oh, I was dude. just thinking Skeletor. Dude, let me let me tell you something. I stopped playing with He Man, 2014. So 2014 <laughs> is the time I stopped. Until <laughs> <laughs> your son was done with it. I was yeah. into all the things like uh, Hot Wheels and Micro Machines, things like that. I was into cars. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't really. The, I wasn't the doll. Did you have the He Man? Did you? Well, let's me, be honest. Did you guys experiment a lot with uh, firecrackers and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh so my I used to god! Tape it to like, Where would you all get these yours? action figures. Like, I was that kid on Toy Story that just blew shit up. You know, oh, they, they're, no. they're like, yeah. Where would you get fire firecrackers? Uh, uh, sh- Chinatown. That was harder to get than porn, bro. I had I had people. <laughs> I have people. No, fireworks like, like one of those things that you, you as, a, as a kid, you like, you totally stuff them in your pockets when you're around Fourth of July time, whenever they're, oh, they're all man. going off. So they, oh, yeah. I would save them for special occasions. <laughs> I'm going to blow some shit up later on. Yeah. Bro, I uh, we used to get, do you know what the Piccolo Pete's are? Yeah. Mm. Those are the tall, There's skinny ones. Like, yeah, it doesn't blow right. up. I'm not going to say it. You know why? Because you smash some, a hammer. Then stop you, it. Yeah. Stop it. I'm not going to say it. I, I don't want to give a direction. Dangerous. But there's a method. There's something you could do that's very simple that will turn that thing into a very powerful explosive. Oh, yeah. You know what else is cool? Uh, dried uh, creamer. What? Yeah. Dried creamer. 
pour it over an open flame and see what happens. No, don't do no, that. Don't do that. Yeah. You know what's funny? Of all don't the burn sh- your eyebrows, all off. the shit we say on the show that doesn't get us in trouble. I know. Us t- teaching people how to make freaking explosives. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah. for sure. I, you know, have you seen uh, the Pepsi and Mentos before? Right? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. crazy. That's not. That's, that's fascinating. fascinating. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Hey, but MythBusters does all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Why would we get in trouble? How about when we were kids? Like the big thing was don't eat pop rocks and drink Coke. Yeah. It'll oh. blow up your stomach. Yeah. Well, guess who tried that? <laughs> not me. I made my friend try it. Okay, but anyway, so he didn't. Why die. do seagulls explode? When you, you when know? you see those YouTube videos, when you see those YouTube videos of the Mentos getting dropped in the Pepsi, and they turn the little Pepsi, they turn the Pepsi bottle into basically a bomb, or it shoots oh, yeah, up, it shoots the waterfall, it shoots back on you, throw it down on the yeah, ground. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. it blows up, right? Or it shoots like a you know thirty foot tall freaking stream of Pepsi. Doesn't that make you wonder, like, what's going on inside your gut when you actually exactly. eat a Mentos and drink a soda? That's exactly what does I that, think about. Is that not? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think the chemistry works entirely that way. I think mm. if you well, were obviously to, not, or else everyone would be walking be, around with shooting yeah. Pepsi out their asshole. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know why? For update today, I had some Mentos and fuck, I forgot Man. I had Pepsi. <laughs> I'm moving real fast. I got jet propulsion. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of all the videos on YouTube where they're like, "Look at what Coke does to a penny." You oh, don't want to. Yeah drink this yeah. that's not why you don't want to drink coke you idiot it's not gonna fucking eat away at your insides it's got a shitload of sugar that's all yeah it's not as dramatic as like showing what it does to it look at this rusty penny get clean with coke <laughs> you know what i mean it's nothing magical in the coke it's the freaking carbonation all that shit it's not like they put like a special ingredient in coca-cola that like scrubs metal clean you could do that with other types of carbonated <laughs> water that they'd be okay. water yeah that's yeah. true it's still yeah, but think about the Mentos and the soda thing. Like that's what happens. What makes you think that doesn't happen? What what obviously it doesn't happen. Shoot out in your stomach like that. But what causes that to to make that shoot up like that? And uh, why why does it not do that in your stomach? CO2, right, well, okay. So here's what happens. So Coca Cola um, is extremely attracted to Mentos. It finds oh, it very attractive. Yeah. In the slightest touch causes an eruption. <laughs> It's a Ooh. coke ejaculation. It's very, very inappropriate, and yeah. I'm not drinking anymore. But do yeah. <sighs> oh shit! It's back. It's it took the, Doug. It's the motherfucking qua. Drop him. It's time for the qua. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was gonna die. Bro, it's not. It's happening. not. Gonna, I can't it's not gonna it. happen, is it? Our fans keep bringing it back. He they do. It they do. Quee, Everybody loves quee, it now. Quee, quee, quee. Hey, who in here needs a haircut besides me, Doug? Everybody raise your hand. Be a Doug. Yeah. Why just, do we need a haircut so bad, Doug? You need you one last week. You're still sloppy. Look at my hair. I'm trying to bring. I'm trying to bring someone else in oh, with me. Oh, That's so why I brought Doug's right. name. Uh, but Doug it. doesn't necessarily need a haircut as bad as I do. Definitely. I'm bringing the '70s back. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. CM Halsey has a question. That's CM Halsey 74. How does body fat affect hunger and do people with lower body fat get hungrier? Because mm. apparently she gets very hungry. I would assume uh, that as bo- as your body fat percentage starts to drop, you will get hungry because your body is eating itself. That's what happens when you lose body fat. It's your it's tapping into its fat stores to you know to create energy because you're not getting sufficient energy from your food. Right. So yes, as you get leaner your hunger signal should go up. Now, uh, does it mean that someone who's lean is going to have a higher appetite than someone that's not as lean? You can't compare people like that. That's uh, difficult. Uh, there's so many factors that go into, you know, what everything from emotional factors to, you know, stress levels to, you know, gut flora and hormones that affect hunger. 
Um, it's very difficult to say, but if you took the same person, you cloned them, and they had the same exact lifestyle, and one of them maintained 9% body fat, and the other one maintained 13% body fat, both of them eating healthy, I would I would bet money that the 9% body fat person might uh, have a stronger hunger signal, all, all, all other things being equal. But this mm. is a very difficult thing to speculate on, you know? Yeah, it is, it is difficult to speculate because I know that um, at some point uh, depriving myself some, from food, say I, I've been on a long-term fast or whatever, like it, that hunger signal definitely isn't, isn't as loud. Uh, oh, after a while, yeah. Yeah, so point. if I am eating consistently, I tend to be a lot more hungry. Um, you know, it, I, it is when I'm lean too, though. Like I am hungry and I'm lean, but like, yeah, I, there's kind of like... I could see both points. I just want to say, yeah. Well, I, there's 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 several factors that come into play aside from genetics and trying to you can't compare two different people because I think like that's the problem. Ghrelin and, and leptin levels. Yeah, well, that's that. the, well, yes, and you, and also a couple things. One, uh, you, your body fat. If you have lower body fat percentage, that could mean a couple things. One, you're reducing your fat, or it could also mean that you're increasing your muscle mass. So if you're increasing your lean body mass. Uh, your body is naturally going to want more calories to support the more lean mass that you have in your body. Um, as, as you're, and if you're in a caloric deficit to get down, so as you're going down uh, to get leaner and leaner and leaner, uh, absolutely, you're depriving yourself of calories, so the body is going to want uh, more food because it needs more food. And then also, uh, the less body fat that you have in your body, uh, the less stored energy you have. I mean, fat is stored energy. That's what it is. So. You're, I'm sure, and this is anecdotal, but I know when I get lean, like when I'm down 2% body fat ready for a show, uh, there's very minimal stored body fat on my body. And so it's it wants food nonstop. And I even and I, and I notice too, when I start like uh, fueling it and refeeding uh, like before showtime, I feel like I, can, I cannot get full enough. Like it feels like I feed, 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 and it, I'm, I'm want, my body's wanting it so bad that I just kind of burn right through it. It literally takes two or three days of constant heavy, heavy loading of food before it feels like it's fully, it's finally satisfied. Well, so here's what's interesting hmm. to me. Now you're talking about extreme case. Yeah, most a body fat percentage most people would never see and probably should never see. Right. But there's there's such a strong mental component, right? Because you have on one end of the spectrum, you have people who are 500 pounds, obese. Plenty of stored energy on their body, yeah, and their appetite They're is ravenous. Raging, yeah. and then you have anorexics on the other side of the spectrum who have a you know a mental disorder with food. Who you ask them, are you hungry? And they'll say no, I don't. I, and yeah. a matter of fact, you t- and I've worked with people with extreme eating disorders. You you force somebody, you can try to force somebody to eat who's in that anorexic state, and they find food re- food repulsive. Mm-hmm. They 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 have such a bad appetite that they even it's even hard for them to right. force themselves to eat like one grape. Yeah. You know, or one piece of you know chicken. They've trained the body to react a specific way. I'd say hunger. <clears throat> a huge part of hunger is your state of mind, uh, and it is your mind. Yeah, a huge part of it. And I, I, I think that one of the reasons why fasting, uh, for a lot of us, I know for me, fasting actually reduces my appetite, mm-hmm. is because I think I kind of get over the hunger. Like, oh, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Okay, for, I'm no, I'm not going to eat until tonight anyway. Yeah. and then it's like just gone. Well, you have to take into consideration too what it's a discipline. What Justin mentioned too, and, and you know your leptin level. So yeah. your le- leptin is the most important uh, hormone in the body when it comes to burning fat. It is, it is the signal that tells your body I have extra energy and fuel to utilize. And if we're living in a caloric deficit, fasting 
or eating minimal calories to lose body fat uh, for a long period of time, meaning could be hours without any meals in between. It could mean days and weeks of, of living in a caloric deficit. You start to suppress those leptin levels. And as those leptin levels start to lower, more than likely you're going to feel like you have less of an appetite. But here's where people uh, don't real what they don't realize is, you know, maybe if you're one of these the, uh, a lean person um, and you're like Sal was saying, maybe you're a nine percent body fat or even lower, and you think you have a, a major appetite. Maybe pay attention to when you feel those that that appetite increase or feel like you're really hungry. A lot of times, it's after you refeed or you start you have a surplus. So, for example, um, we'll just use a, a hypothetical numbers. Um, you're, you're cutting, you're trying to lean down, you're, you're eating minimal calories, you're eating like 1500 calories day in, day out, day in, day out to, to lose body fat. You're pretty, pretty, pretty lean. And you decide, Hey, I'm going to enjoy myself and have 2,500 calories uh, today. And you, you eat 25 years. Well, that, that's what will shoot up those leptin levels. And then what people don't realize is that the day they did it, maybe they notice a little bit in their appetite, maybe not so much the next day is when I get the most right. feedback from clients and people that I'm, I'm teaching this to is. The next day, they're like, "Holy, they're hungry!" Yeah, and just I always growling. Yeah, and that's that leptin fired up from all that extra surplus you well, had. Well, too, it, I mean, aren't carbohydrates a contributor? Like, you know, when when you're heavier on carbohydrates, I tend to be a lot more hungry. Uh, and then when I'm stripping that from my diet and focusing a little bit more on fats and, and proteins and and such, I, I tend to get satisfied pretty quickly. But then I might be under eating a bit. Well, here's the here's the interesting thing. Uh, when it comes to hunger. First of all, we have to separate hunger from cravings. Right. I think there's a big difference between actually being hungry and craving a particular type of food. And this is something yesterday I texted you guys. I sent you guys a text uh, late at night. and uh, I was reading some information on uh, gut flora and it kind of dawned on me. And I've talked about this mildly before in, in previous podcasts, but it really dawned on me that you know bacteria is a life form. So your internal microbiome, your internal gut flora, uh, contains life forms. And the goal of a life form uh, from an evolutionary standpoint is to survive, proliferate and survive, right? M- mm-hmm. Multiply, reproduce, and live. This is what humans, this is why we're driven to mate. Uh, this is why we're driven to for self-preservation. This is why all living things do what they do. And it only makes sense that this, the, the, bi- the bacteria in your gut will send signals to your brain to make you crave foods that will feed it and allow it to proliferate. And carbohydrates and sugars tend to be this way. This is why when you avoid, one of the reasons why maybe when you avoid sugar completely, you stop craving it. And when you start reintroducing it, uh, perhaps those internal gut flora is sending signals to your brain saying more, 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 because we want to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. So just I just wanted to say that because it was an interesting thought I had last night. And uh, science is now showing that in terms of cravings, at least, uh, your gut flora plays a major role. And they've demonstrated this in animals already where they'll change their gut flora and then the animal will prefer you know, one type of food over the other. Pretty interesting stuff. No, yeah. this, this thought was promoted by marijuana, might I ask. Yeah. Right? <laughs> what? <laughs> Which also stimulates hunger. So next question, Doug. <laughs> Fit Chris 86 have you ever had a negative experience with a client that caused you to rethink your program design? Oof. I, I, I think of one, one, one case in particular. And I hope she's listening because I want to apologize to her. <laughs> I so I had, you know, I had kind of a, I had a different attitude years ago as a personal trainer. My attitude was, I always cared about my clients. I always wanted to help them, and the way I thought I could help them was to get them to their goal. So this person came to me, this lady, and she wanted to lose thirty pounds, 
And so I'm my goal as a trainer is to get her to lose 30 pounds. Like that's it. Like we're going to lose 30 pounds. I'm going to show you what we need to do and I'm going to be brutally honest with you and I'm going to push you to get to that goal cuz that's why you're hiring me. And so she would come in and we work out and you know, I I started having her track her food and she's not losing any weight and you know, next thing I know she's gaining weight and her body fat percentage is going up and yet she's telling me that she's eating these foods that she's written down. And I know that it's impossible. There's no way she's eating. She changed her, her diet dramatically. Mm. Her calories are much lower. She's active now. And yet she's gained yeah. seven the pounds of body fat. just isn't working here. Not at all. And meanwhile, her husband, who's also my client, is telling me, no, she's lying. Like yesterday she ate you know, two cupcakes and she oh, ate pizza man. the night before. And so I'm getting very frustrated with this client. Now, in the past, I would have these come to Jesus talks uh, with, with my clients where I'd take them aside. And I tell them, we're going to have a come to Jesus talk. And I would lay into them. And I laid into this lady. I, I, you know, I ripped into her and I That's told her. That's not what Jesus would do. And I said, I know, exactly. <laughs> By the way. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. He needs to read the Bible. No, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, we see how much he's read of it. <laughs> we had a come to Jesus yeah. meeting and said, listen here, bitch. Yeah, yeah, this is what here. This is what none of this we're fucking lying anymore. Drink this wine. <laughs> so we're not how it works, dude. So we're sitting. This we're is sit- not WWJD. So, so we're sitting down. First, you got to wear a bracelet. Yeah. So, so we're sitting down and I'm like, uh, I, so I'm asking these questions and I said, look, I said, in order for what you're saying uh, to be true, uh, then we, the laws of physics would have to be broken. You're lying to me. And I hammered into her, and she cried, and I was pleased with myself. Like, good, I broke her. She cried. Again, she gets it now. A little more like Lucifer. And she's gonna, <laughs> and she's gonna get in shape now. And this woman never came back. And I, you know, I felt horrible because then I called her the following week, and she, you know, she she would kind of flake. And then finally, she told me she's like, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I can't. I don't want to train with you because. You made me feel so bad, this and that. And at the time, I thought to myself, like, well, yeah, fine. She's not ready to get in shape, whatever. And I thought to myself, like, I've done her no service. I have helped her zero. And what I could have done instead was thought to myself, like, okay, she's eating crappy, but at least she's exercising. And one step at a time. And I'm going to be compassionate. And I'm going to give her the room to be honest with me, but not force her to be honest with me. She'll be ready. When she's ready, she's ready. To be honest, she will be. And I'm going to be... That I'm going to be a guide rather than a drill sergeant. And after that moment, I changed. I changed how I approached training people and my success which much, was, was much better from that point uh, going forward. So, yeah, I definitely changed everything just from that one moment. Have you ever had a negative experience with a client that caused you caused you to think that it was your program design? No, no, just change your program or change your, your how you approached it. Yeah, I, I don't think so because... Um, Besides being perfect, no, no, no. That's not why. It's not because I think that my my Just program like was flawed. Screwed up his business by making it awesome. No, right? no, no, no. I I don't think that. I Oops, I, just, I made money again. Uh, Sal said this one time on the podcast, and I think it was uh, you know it was one of the few smart things he has said before. And I I it's so true that you know uh, a program that is you know an inferior program done consistently is is better than a, a superior program done inconsistently. So anytime I've had a client like like the story that Sal just shared, where you know going up weight loss or going up weight gaining or not seeing results, um, I I rarely ever look back and think like oh what I was training or what I've been teaching her is wrong. It's it's always probably related to the nutritional piece that you know what what are they doing there first or the consistency of following the program that that I've given them because even if I uh, didn't think and I don't think my program design 
10 years ago was solid. I think it was good enough. I thought it was good enough to, to teach people some of the basics and, um, you know, new movements. And I was, I was good with biomechanics and teaching form and technique. And I was all about core and teaching people how to train the body from the inside out. And, but do I think our, our programming now? Oh yeah. No, our programming now is far more superior, but yet I still got people great results back then. And I still had people that didn't get great results, but I never would probably look back at it and say, you know, it had something to do with my program design. It's like Sal said, it's always somebody. The, I mean, the nutrition is everything. I mean, it really is everything. Mm-hmm. And if, and if they're if they're following a program, even if it isn't the best you or the best program you've ever designed, they still should be seeing some sort of results. They're moving. They're moving. They're lifting weights. They're exercising. They're they should be stimulating new muscle growth. They should be burning fat. And if they're not, and they're I'm seeing the opposite, then I know there's a, a major disconnect with the nutritional piece. I definitely yeah. I mean, thinking back, like there's things I cringe. You know, with with uh, some of my mentality coming into to training clients. But um, one of them I know that I I definitely had to change was uh, like, I, I definitely look at it uh, from an entertainment perspective with clients. Like I want to make sure like they're always seeing something. So I would, I would change my program up to sort of accommodate like these cool moves. And, uh, uh, you know, I would, I would highlight things that I thought would interest them, which, you know, has some validity to it. Like they want to learn a new skill and all this stuff, but really what you want to do is keep them on the, the meat and potatoes of the program and, and keep that as consistent as possible. And it's all about consistency and frequency, but I would, I would almost like try and show off, you know, and then also highlight a lot of these really hard ways to do things and, and try to get them to really get challenged and, uh, you know, it's very much more on the intensity piece and we've kind of gone over this, but I was, I was big on, um, you know, not hurting them, but getting them to a point where they just feel like, just like they got killed, you know, they got worked, <laughs> you know? So I had to change that, uh, cause you know, I had to actually apply, uh, what, what knowledge, uh, I, I came in there with and, and I kept learning and, and figuring out a better way. So. Well, I think all, all of our program is programming is for sure evolved and changed. I oh, mean, yeah. even, yeah. even when I think about just recently when we, when we designed green and black, like I don't believe that I could have designed either one of those programs by myself. Um, could I have done a pretty good program? Could I have done something with the similar concept? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I could have, have, have done that, but uh, without the the other minds of the gentleman in the room with me, I don't think uh, I I would have looked back at it. When, after we were done with those, I th- I truly believe we all stepped back and we're like this is fucking the shit. Like yeah. this, like literally, way better. <laughs> yeah, way way, yeah. way better. Um, all the all the things that I could possibly have wanted in it uh, for what we we're trying to accomplish was there. Any sort of obstacle or challenge that I could have seen with it was seen by one of the other guys. Like we we like represent different body parts. You know what I mean? We're yeah. all like fighting together to make the whole body better. Yeah, that's. So I I think uh, well, there's a lot of things to consider when you're putting together a program. But let me ask you guys this. What got you guys, uh, because you guys were training people right in the midst of uh, the whole functional exercise thing with the balance balls and the uh-huh. standing on one leg on the Dynadisc while doing the tricep press down, you know, all the, all the ridiculous stuff where it just got too crazy. Both you guys were training people in the middle of that peak. Mm-hmm. At that point, I was managing gyms. I wasn't training people uh, really anymore. So I, but I saw it. Uh, what made you guys change from there? 
because you guys don't do that anymore or right. get to that level anymore. Well, was there anything in particular that made you go? What I the, think this is I think for me it was just getting back to strength and not focusing so much on balance and, and reactive training. That which was, I could understand where they're coming from as far as like, uh, you know, a deconditioned person coming in that's like not coordinated has no connectivity, you know, with their neuromuscular, uh, you know, the kinetic chain isn't doing what they're asking it to do. So, you know, if you're getting like your average person, that's, you know, in that, that case, like balance is definitely a priority and it's, but it's, it's establishing, uh, a connect, like a good connectivity again there. So, uh, the best way to do that is to get work on strength, Right. You know, and so like what what made you make that switch? Was it just your own training or? Yeah, I think I think that was uh, I think just seeing it within my clients. Like, uh, I mean, I I did everything like kind of protocol, like NASM, like this is, you know, step one is step two. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, just just kind of like seeing seeing through that with clients like, you know, who had the best results, like you could visibly see like. Uh, the progression between people and then also, yeah, my own training totally. Like I, I got sucked into that cause I was like, Oh, maybe I'm like, I never did this when I was training. Uh, you know, I never really focused like specifically on single leg this and single arm that and balance ball to this and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then I started to think back to that, like, what did I really do? And when I was at my peak performance shape and, you know, it, it revolved a lot more around, you know, your staple like squats and deads and, 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 and bench press and uh, maybe some plyometrics and, and things like that. But like, um, you know, that was like what was really giving me the best result. I'm trying to think when um, when it was that I kind of had this realization of all the gimmicks in, in, in fitness and started to have that skeptical mind. And it was probably around 2010, somewhere around there, give or take, towards the end of my uh, fitness career with 24-Hour Fitness um, that I start to realize. And I think the reason why it started to dawn on me was like it seemed like every year or so there was a new supplement or a new way of training or the newest, best this. And, you know, this light bulb kind of finally went off in my head that like, wait a second, you know, and that's what I think that's what really made me want to dig deeper and start to learn more Mm -hmm. about what it was that I was teaching. Because before that, I have to admit that I I fell right into all the propaganda that I was being fed. I was going to say at 24, you know, I probably kept that. It's when I went to Gold's after as an independent contractor where I totally started changing all that because I, you know, I was kind of in a different environment. Right. Yeah. The priorities were more about these big lifts. And that's why I think that's why I said around 2010 as I was leaving after I left and and then I kind of looked back and reflected on my career and and kind of looked at fitness from a, a different view. You know, when you're in it, it's really easy to get sucked in yourself. You're getting fed this information from corporate. You're getting told this. You're going to these national certifications that you're always getting certified in the next newest one. And, they are. And I think, you know what, now that, okay, now that I say that, that's definitely something that's turned a light bulb on. When I started getting, so I've got a bunch of certifications that I've gotten over the years. And when I started getting into one after the other, I started realizing that a lot of them had contradicting information. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One would say squat this way. One would say squat that way. One would say this is safe. One would say this is not so yeah. safe. One would say. You well, take now the- you can look at it now, like, like who is the 
uh, on the priority list, like what do they prioritize? Do they prioritize safety the most, like your ACSMs uh-huh. or somebody like that, and is more clinical, yeah. uh, you know, versus somebody that's more performance based, right. and you know, like uh, or like skill set. Like I'm doing like some kind of a kettlebell certification or something like that. That's very much a skill set. It's it's interesting because they all have like their uh, uh, you know, established modality and protocol for it. And, and, and they definitely, uh, they want to weigh in harder as far as like theirs is the best. Yeah, no, it's, it was definitely has a lot to do with that. And then the combination of that, and then probably seeing myself getting back to old movements. I mean, I, I, I mentioned for years that I, you know, I didn't squat, I didn't squat. I did everything else. I did a bunch of fucking single leg balance shit. I did all kinds of other leg stuff. And, and your name was Joey Schwartz. Yeah. Right. I, I did all these other movements. And I think maybe when I got back to my, my roots and started lifting some of your, your basic compound movements and I saw the change in my body. And then I realized too, how much, uh, how, how, um, how little of work I actually had to put in to get the same amount or more results than all the other stuff that I was doing. I was doing all this crazy stuff um, inside the gym, trying to be so creative, you know, trying to be so creative all the time and wow people with, I bet you've never seen this before, (laughs) you know? I think I got that from you, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I think about it. It's like, I hung around Adam a lot. See, for me, I remember, I mean, so I wasn't training people when that got, uh, popular. Yeah, you're really old. <laughs> but I was training, uh, you know, I still had trainers work for me. I trained them. And I would watch, and I would like, have... Dorian Yates didn't do it that way. No, well. I would have meetings with my my trainers, and I would tell them, like, okay, it's I'm glad you guys are learning this new stuff, but let's focus on the basics. And I would have these meetings with them, mm-hmm. and I'd have debates many times. I never, I never really got into uh, a lot of that stuff. Now, I used some of it because it was new and different, and I wanted to test it out. But and then when I owned my own gym, no man, it was like we're doing the basics because when I have you squat, I can see how you're moving uh-huh. better the week the week after. When I have you do this weird, you know, stand on a dyna disc one leg, you know, side lateral exercise, I can't fucking tell except for when we do the single leg on the dyna disc side lateral exercise. That's the only time I can tell mm-hmm. you've improved. Other than that, I don't see any carryover right. anywhere. Yeah, there was no <laughs> carry. Yeah. No, and I saw that right away. And then with my own training. Uh, you know, I saw that, you know, doing that kind of stuff, I lost muscle and strength. And I was like, fuck that. I'm not, <laughs> I don't care about that. I, I, I want to get stronger and build muscle. Yeah. Um, and then I read a book called um, Dinosaur Training. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I read that book. and the guy in there was talking about all the, you know, different ways of training and how to focus on strength and increasing frequency of the lifts. And that really made me take my training to a completely different level. And I started applying it to my clients and I was blown away was at it the Mark results. Ripto the starting strength he did starting strength yeah, I read that one too. the other one is book. Kubrick I think his last name is mm-hmm. uh but uh both uh, valuable information you can get out of those so yep both Sal Mergolo and Josh Dusan are asking about time under tension but it's been a hot topic right now there must be something floating around because somebody on the forum remember just talked about this and I answered that question I feel like I've only really seen this in the bodybuilding community to be honest, uh, following some of these, um, um, you know, Instagram people are, are like they they like to voice that a lot. Like when they're doing machines, like how they're like they're doing this like constant press, but it's they're uh, apparently having tension throughout the entire repetition, uh, which me and Sal were kind of discussing is isn't that just you know it's your tempo, tempo. <laughs> yeah it's it's uh, time under tension. There's some studies that came out that showed oh if you have this many seconds of time under tension versus a really fast movement, you're going to build more, you're going to get more muscle hypertrophy. So, of course, 
they take that study and then it's like time under tension is everything. Okay, yeah. let me let me explain something to you. If I do a curl and I want to dramatically increase the time under my tension, I can take 30 seconds to do a single rep. I can do a super slow motion curl with that with the weight, with a light weight, and have a ridiculous time under tension. Here's the problem with that. Uh, there's definitely negative returns after a certain point. After a certain point, it becomes endurance. Mm. It just becomes endurance. I'm just stabilizing it and holding it and curling it up, and and I'm not building more muscle. I'm building more endurance. So time under tension is one of those things that you manipulate uh, and you you put in your programming, but it's not like anything that's in your programming. It's not a be all end all. I know where I've seen this, and I, I and I'm not trying to talk serious trash or anything, but. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of rubber bands getting attached to uh, machines lately, and <laughs> oh fuck! And here's the thing: it's it's labeled as time under tension, like like they're adding more time under tension no, by not. doing that, but they're not. They're just adding a, another kind of tension to what which is almost the pre-existing exactly the tension, that. which is weight that's going through you know gravitational forces that you're already fighting so you have tension you're contracting you're going through concentric you know you're going through isometric you're going through eccentric tension the whole time think about the rubber bands that if you use them properly like you're going to try and set them up so maybe uh you know during your lift like it's going to match your natural strength curve like your bell curve so that way when i'm pressing i want to get more increased tension in into into so it's away from the joint so that way now i'm you know, th- this is something that too is a great transitional force uh, when I go to like uh, free weights. Like that's how I would use rubber bands. I'm, I'm using that more to alleviate some of the load uh, or maybe help. Uh, so that way I'm not stressing my joints too much, mm-hmm. but I'm also increasing the amount of load uh, where I can handle no, it. No, time under tension is literally what it is, yeah. what it sounds like. It's right. the amount of time that your muscle is under some type of force. That's all. That's the time under tension. A rubber band and adding bands or chains, it's just changing the tension, but it's not... Exactly. Because you see people post and they'll do like a like a hammer strength chest press and they'll attach Which, the Which, by the way, if you're in the gym doing that and I come by, I will take the rubber band <laughs> off the hammer strength and slap you in the face yeah. with it. Well, yeah, I, I'm I just going to say that because so I've you, seen Shred's videos. And I've this. seen more people yes. doing it lately and if I catch you in the gym and you know who the fuck I am, be looking out because I will take the rubber band <laughs> off the hammer just strength cut it, machine just while they're pressing, and just I'll, snip I'll inside of slap it. you upside the head Dick. with it because it's just stupid. It's just one more stupid thing. No. You're already doing an, a, an inferior machine and then you're adding a rubber band to it. It's just so silly. Bands are a beautiful uh, yes. great tool way to when change used properly to right to change tension use it properly it's not something you just throw in novelty like everything else that happens in fitness yeah. it's like the next thing and now everybody all of a sudden well you might as well wear ankle weights while you're doing it on the machine too the, the, right? the biggest factor Let's just add everything the biggest factor when it comes to muscle hypertrophy with time under tension is this the total time under tension for the entire workload of that muscle for the entire workout. This is volume, right? So, for volume piece. Yeah. So, if you do uh, total an entire workout, and we'll just use the biceps, 10 different exercises, uh, 10 different sets, 10 different reps of that, of that. And then you do it uh, the first week, you do it with a tempo. That is a four-two-two. So you got a whole total of you know six seconds that it's under tension for all those, and you can do the math on that really quick. Six times ten times ten times ten, and then the next week you come in and you're going to slow it way down, and that six seconds now becomes eight seconds. 
that would be a great way to manipulate your intensity to get some sort of growth or change because you've been used to the different time under tension. Vice versa, if you were trying to deload because maybe you've been training something really hard and you want to bring it down a notch, one way to do that would be to shorten the time under tension. But as far as like it being this magical thing that happens, like no. And of course, if you were somebody who never focused on tempo before and you did all your stuff like superpower movements, and then you go through and you work out with someone like me who does stick to more like a four-two-two type of tempo, yeah, I bet I get you hella sore because you're just not, that ends up, and you do the same amount of exercises and sets, but now you've increased the time under tension by three to four seconds every single rep that you did for that day. Yeah, no shit. And by the way, like when they do studies on this and they're comparing a fast tempo versus a slower tempo and they're finding that the slower tempo build, uh, builds more muscle, Consider that the, sh- the the time frame that these studies are being yeah, done. Yeah, they're like it's a phase. Know, yeah, it's a phase. It's eight weeks or twelve weeks or whatever. Right. But I'll tell you this much right now: I'll take somebody who always trains with a good uh, high time under tension, who does slow and then reps, put them on power movements, have them do power movements, mm-hmm. have them have them throw some weight around like an Olympic lifter, and guess what's going to happen? They're going to build yeah. some muscle. Ooh. So it's just a variable. Ooh. It's a variable that you're going to use that you should use uh, inject into your programming. Uh, this is one of the things, and we don't call it time under tension. We call it tempo. Yeah, uh, that's what it's supposed to be called. Uh, we call that. Uh, uh, we we looked at all all of our different programs, and it's just one of the variables that we took and plugged in at the right phase at the right moment to maximize the form of adaptation that we were looking for within that particular phase. No, exactly. So, this is exactly why I like to go over and I'll go train with Justin every once in a while because. He has more of a power a power uh, a mentality. I have more of a bodybuilder mentality when I lift. So if when he lifts with me, if he if he mirrors my tempo, it's a much slower yeah. eccentric motion. I hate it, but I need to do it. Right, and yeah. exactly, and and he knows that if he if he follows if we do my workout for the day and he follows my tempo, you know he knows he's going to get a little bit more sore than what he's used to, and vice versa. If I go in and I do more of a power type of tempo, then I'm going to do that. And a lot of that uh, is is one, you should always be phasing it, rotating it like we already do in our programs. This is why we build it into that. It is something that's important. It is something that shouldn't just be overlooked. It should be integrated into a good program, but it isn't like the end all. It shouldn't be the main focus of, of a good program is the time under tension because sooner or later, the body gets adapted to your new time under tension and you'll have to move to a new new modality. And let's also yeah. talk about the, the type of adaptation you get from changing this like if, if you're you know that slower tension uh that slower excuse me rep uh with higher time under tension will give you that strong foundational grounding right. uh, grinding type of strength yeah grinding and, and lifts and that will contribute to speed also but if i don't if all i ever do is that i'm not going to get as much speed or power as i will if i also incorporate the fast reps right. where I have a lightweight and I'm boom, I'm throwing it as fast as I can. I'm going to get a lot of power out of that as well. So uh, manipulate it. Like don't get stuck on when a study comes out and says, you know, look, I'll tell you something. If I did a study right now and I took two groups of people and one group trained and they're all beginners and I took one group and I had them train in the one to three rep range and the other group trained in the eight to 12 rep range and we did eight weeks, I guarantee you the eight to 12 will build more muscle. Mm-hmm. That does not mean you should always train eight to 12. That just means in with an eight-week phase, compare head-to-head for beginners, it's going to build more muscle. But if I train that person over three or four months and I keep these people eight to 12, but these people over here, I phase them in and out and I do change different things and I program properly, they're going to kick the they're going to kick the. And really, I, I attribute that to the, the just human's natural strength curve and the amount of volume you end up doing over eight to 12 reps, really. I mean, that's probably a big, a big factor that plays with that. And then, like you said, once you get adapted to that, if you don't transition out and, and – 
compare that. So if you compare somebody who went nine weeks or let's say 12 weeks, 12 weeks of eight to 12 reps versus the guy who did like our program is where you're phased in one to three rep range and then you move to that move. The guy who moves through the three phases over those 12 week periods. Oh, he's going to crush them. Yeah, he's going to yeah. see way more results than the person who gets stuck in it. Right. Joseph Awe Lua 89. If you guys were on your deathbed, what would you leave each other and why? <laughs> I what? have no idea. <laughs> I you know I know what I, I would have leave. No idea. I would leave. Uh, There's some condoms, Adam. Yeah, see, you guys are dicks. I was gonna leave you guys. I'm gonna leave you guys my good shit, bro. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. Just, well, sh- Justin, leave me alone. Yeah. All right, go Dude, I, okay. Put this on record just I, in case. I wasn't done, done yeah, yeah. but all right. Yeah, well, this, but, will this stand in court, Doug? If he uh, yeah. if he dies and I try to go sure, quick, well, it's recorded, right? <laughs> like, it's on the show. All this yeah. stuff will probably be gone by the time I'm dead, it. though, right? In the will, I would leave. I would leave my watches. To uh, Doug. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I leave my watch. Hey, easy, bro. You're right, He's never right. late. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> watches. I know what I'm going to get. You're getting the cars, bro. Yeah. Yeah, you get the cars. Wow. Because I deserve them. Yeah. What would I give Sal? <laughs> I would give Sal <laughs> the quad. I would give Sal my dogs. Really? Uh, yeah. You would get the boys. That's sweet. And, and everyone for their, re- their own reasons. Like, I would give Sal the dogs because I've seen the way Sal looks at him and I see the way he looks at his kids and stuff like that. And I want him to look at my, my I want him to look at my dogs like that. Oh, that's very sweet. I want sweet. you to love. That's I want you to nice. love my dogs. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. they mean well. a lot to me. Uh, Justin obviously you gets give him a shower. <laughs> Justin's the car guy, so he gets he gets to make out with the Camaro and the toys. So <sighs> yes. Justin gets the cars. And uh, Doug, Doug to me represents uh, class. He re- and I think that he would appreciate the watches more than you two mm. for sure. So. Mm. I think I would leave You would look on. better in them, let's be honest. He'll put them on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he won't know. Oh, there you go. This is a horrible question. I know. What, what I the leave? hell? I think what I would do is I would make, uh, I don't know, I'd leave you my children to raise. <laughs> I know, right? What do we do? Well, that's a good point. Who would you yeah. leave your kids with out of the three of us? Probably if I not had me. to leave. <laughs> Probably not me. Probably not the I, guy who has Okay, so because I've already got people that I would well, that would sorry, watch my kids. Sorry, Adam. I would say so. Yeah, we, okay. This is. <laughs> I think the purpose of this question <laughs> is we're not, like, obviously, if I had a will and I died tomorrow, unfortunately, I love you guys, but probably my my girl and probably my family would have to get some of my expensive stuff. But if we were leaving it to and each it was other. just that we were stuck yeah, with this yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, I, what would you give to each other? Oh, or what would you, yeah, that's, leave for that's each better. other. I, I would leave my 2012 Jetta to, <laughs> to Adam. Because <laughs> <laughs> he always talks shit about me not yes. having an awesome car. Yes. Um, I, God, that's a, fuck, that's a rough one. My kids? Who would watch my kids if I had to pick one of you guys? I think you all. I think all three of you would make. Uh, I would. I would put in my. <laughs> You'd will. have to do like full house. I would put in my will that <laughs> you're three equal you, guardians because they would get they would get wonderful lessons. Yeah, that's a safe from the three. way around. Like that. I think uh, I think Justin would like be great with like little league and sports and shit like that. And I think uh, Doug is just the most caring, uh, you know, understanding kind of you know person. And I think by the time my son's ready to start dating, Adam could give him. <laughs> Useful advice, you know, on how to how to be a wizard, on how yeah. to be a wizard. You right. know what I'm Invaluable information. Wizard training. You know what I would do? I would make I would make a very sentimental video. If I knew, like, I'm on my deathbed, I would yeah. make a video <laughs> talking to you guys, and I would put the pressure on you fuckers. I'd be like, hey guys, listen, my one wish, yeah. my one death wish, is to uh, that you guys, with the money you raise through your endeavors, cure cancer. 
and I'd give you some crazy shit like that. Do it for me, please. And then you guys would like, oh, you know what? Since you probably got, the and you'd du- be like, "Fuck, we have to do this now." Like, I would probably give you my shoes too, since you you got a little less, a little less fine. Yeah, you get the shoe collection. Plus, I, like so what? Like I'm, I'm trying to think of stuff, you know. But I'm like, what? Like what time is? It? Are we talking about right now? Like we have for stuff? Or are we talking about <laughs> what we're gonna have? You know I'll leave saying? just in my helicopter. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, you can have my yacht. And uh, uh, you know the school that I, you know, created. And, well, who are you, you going to trust your kids? Are you the same way too? Are you going to try and uh, make us all watch your kids? Or are you going to? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like Sal dies. And just gave exactly. us exactly. You can't say <laughs> that, and then yeah, exactly. I give you guys all cool shit. And Sal gives us work like, to do. Each of you has fatherly traits, you know, like uh, you know, compassion and uh discipline and all these like things i don't know i couldn't i couldn't like nail down one person that's not fair no it's just not fair that's you know you, you could say something and spin it in any way and i'd be like okay all right i'd, I'd leave you i'd leave you guys you my, can have them dude leave you guys my bills them, right i'd leave my bills to you yeah. and, to, and to adam schaefer sal's yeah. debt can i retract yeah. everything that i was giving I you know. <laughs> sal you can have my truck that doesn't run oh but, that's cool uh, yeah it's it's sitting there i just ready i just park it yeah do nothing else and then doug gets my chickens Mm. yeah for sure well hey make great eggs well hey you never know what might happen so if you're listening right now it'll make us feel nice if you leave us a five-star rating review on itunes (laughs) and you can check us out and get my weimaraner oh and you can check us out on instagram at mind pump radio you can find me at mind pump sal adam at mind pump adam and justin at mind pump justin oh and by the way uh maps aesthetic still available mindpumpmedia.com so all our programs and apparel are available you can check out some of our cool shirts and awesome stuff right on thank you for listening to Mind Pump for more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam and Justin visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com until next time this is Mind Pump Mind Pump